0: Ba-da-da-da.
1: Welcome to 4th Times a Charm, where niche is neat. I am your producer, Ben, accompanied by your director, Matt. Our Woo-hoo. two sound guys are with us, Nick and Kyle. The shea butter is gone this week. The gloves are off as we, we talk about our top 10 albums of the year, finishing out our top 25 list from the year 2022. Matt, Nick, Kyle, are you guys ready to... To, to beat some heads in, make some controversial
0: choices today? I, I think so. I, I, I genuinely think this has been a great year for music in general. Um, a couple. I read a review the other day that said, if you don't think this was a good year for music, you didn't listen to enough music. And thanks to this podcast and just like this year in general, I've listened to a ton of music. And I'm really excited to have some top 10 picks here because I haven't seen some of the picks that we've all agreed on. Almost anywhere else in other top tens, um, which I think is very cool, which makes metal in this whole world very, very fun.
1: Well, we're going to get right into it. Uh, just a heads up. Uh, we talk about music a lot throughout the
0: year. So in case Whoa. this is your
1: first time, message us at on our Instagram, which Matt is...
0: At 4th Times a Charm Official.
1: Cool. I don't think that's quite it, but you'll probably find it. You say that every time. If you send us a five-star review, uh, we will make you our biggest fan, and you will join the elite few who accomplished a very basic task. And on that note, we are going to move on to our last (laughs) bonus award before we get to our top tier awards of the year, which once again, the album of the year. The King of Kings, the person who had the best oh. average score amongst the four of us, and the piece of shit who had the worst average score. Who I'm glad, knows who I'm that, glad could that be. I'm
0: glad that stuck. I'm glad that, that honor stuck to that, that award. Of
1: course. There's no better honorific. Uh, but we're going to open up with uh, the biggest uh, air horn of the year, the least favorite album of the year. These are albums that we listened to that uh, were not a part of any top lists, just ones we listened to and specifically did not like. And we're going to open this up with Nick. Tell us, what was your least favorite
2: album of the year? Well, unfortunately for you, Ben, I'm changing what I submitted because (laughs) I originally submitted Shadow of Intent, but... After yeah, hearing KFC Murder no, Chicks. No. Nope, no, yes. no, no. No, no, After hearing Bullshit, KFC Murder Nick. Chicks. You can't just change. Is, yes, I can you I can't change. just change. Yes, people change. Humans are malleable, change. It was bet. part of the change. rules. It I was don't care. part of the rules I set. don't care. KFC Matt. Murder Chicks is so bad that the rules don't even matter. Hey I, I, I had hey, to switch It can quantified, albums. Ben.
0: I had it to was, switch which
2: albums it was so bad, otherwise I was gonna crash my Okay car. So,
0: so here here's how we can say it. at time of recording, your least favorite album of the year is KFC Merchix, KFC MC. By a and, wide margin. It, at at time of um submission, your least favorite <laughs> album was Shadow of Intent. Yes. So you had yes. a Shadow of Intent to stay to that, but you were it was fucked up by Penny. It Ben's can't album. be
1: your least favorite album if you change your vote the
0: following year. It wasn't it the following
2: it, year. What are you talking? It was December.
0: Yeah, he here, listened listen to it. Him. He just He's just stating it. You yeah. can reflect back. How you you we say what, our, our we, we album of the year for 2022 is a, a big no, no, bag no, no, of no, dicks? No,
2: Nick? no, no. no. We could have avoided KFC this whole thing. KFCMC is a is no, 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 good ben, album. No, we could have avoided good album. We could have avoided all of this if you would have had better taste in music. Like last year. Yeah, last year was pretty decent. This year, I don't know what happened. This
0: year,
1: KFC MC is a wonderful album for the all generations was, of people who all, grew up all, with the PlayStation 1 was in their house. For okay. so was for
0: Ben to throw a bunch of progressive uh, death metal, some weird avant garde black men on his list. I was excited for some real variety, some real like French bullshit. And then we got bad 2002 music. Yep. And it was insufferable. Yep. But but that that isn't the worst album of the year i have two so i will i will stick by my official submission which is the new judicator album it was true (laughs) i got i got halfway through it and then i was just like i can't it sucked all the life out of me i did i did i do hate kfc murder chicks more but i think that's because it's much more interesting to their credit Lately, Thank they, you. Despite making something that I think is like not fun to listen to, even it by is. my definition, no, it's not. Um, How it's could in the you, very what what is
1: not fun about it's, KFC
0: Murders? It's obnoxious, everything. and all it, it. It, I don't have a good time. But I will say, no.
1: But what? My, but like,
0: shut what, up, Ben. What's, hold on, what's I'm talking about, about real, it. Everything. What's ben, We've already about the, talked about the, this. You album. Can't just say yeah. everything? We did last. week. The production value. No, The lyrics. The the It's supposed to have bad
1: production value. No, it doesn't. No, it's not. Yes, yeah. it does to it sound is. like new
0: metal new metal this s- no overproduced that's not the point the of
1: it it's supposed to sound like something out of a playstation one sound chip d- it's d- did they to say be- that yeah and did it sounds they like say shit that?
0: that's the vibe no no no. i'm saying that's but the did aesthetic. they say that raw black metal is different they intentionally say they're trying to sound that way did they say that their intention if it looks like was- a duck it acts like, like a
1: duck. It shits like a duck,
0: and has a corkscrew penis far, like a duck. Far, far, you far from true. Bet your
1: ass, it's a duck. Okay,
0: I don't, I don't think that. I don't, I don't think you can attribute the it's raw quacking, black metal man. mentality. It's quacking, man. KFC's quacking. It's quacking, and shits coming out of its beak. Um, I will say my actual worst album of the year, though, and it was, it's more of my disappointment of the year, uh, was the new Astrophobos album. Mm. A um, was that this? That was this year. Yeah, I think that was this year. Um, an album that from a band who released one of my favorite albums of all time, um, who then produced one of the most disappointing, um, like samey, samey albums ever. There's like a few bands out there who I like am scared to listen to their next releases because of how much I hold their previous releases in well regard. Astrophobis was one of those bands and that pillar has fallen. Um, There's a few left, but uh, let's see if anything else, Kyle, um, i i have an idea of what your most hated album of the year was but i'll let you say it what's your
3: um, name three for it, three. It is not um so <clears throat> i was debating and changing it like you Nick but i didn't wow. but do you was guys it... know what's worse than a boring album
0: i, I don't no, know I boring about no album?
3: no KFC a, uh, yeah, besides this KFC murder chicks, a lazy sounding album, and that's what you get with Sailor's origin.
0: Who I don't Sayor? know who that is. I I S A O R oh S-A-O-R. oh, S-A-O-R. S-A-O-R. oh sour. Sour. sour 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 yeah sour 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 yeah them yeah I agree with you Kyle that album really disappointed me as well yeah I uh, thought their their previous releases um, were had they released some really good music um they've especially they have a great logo
3: they do Um, like their previous four albums were great then i don't know they just decided just throw shit together and it just sounds lazy and un uh what's what's the right word i'm sorry uh it just yeah just sounds lazy and
0: there's a lack of innovation
3: yeah like innovation it just sounds like it's thrown together. It's like, oh, we've created four great albums. No one will care. That's what it really sounds like.
2: Yeah, and like yeah, I didn't origins. listen to the whole album, but it really felt like they were phoning it in for a paycheck.
3: 100%.
0: I mean, yeah, but I, I mean, they're making, like, folky black metal. I don't really think they're getting a paycheck here.
3: <laughs> they have a decent following, though, so people will buy their
0: shit. I mean, yeah. I Yeah, I mean, we I, are yeah. in
2: the period of, of, like, I mean, shit, your podcast tagline is Friday. niche is neat.
0: So
3: yeah.
1: And uh I will wrap it up here. Um Judicator's new album Majesty of Decay was was <laughs> really. It was like it, and who am I to say since my tastes are too avant-garde for this podcast. It's not even avant-garde. That is not, what we, that is um, not but, what we um uh, that is not what we said. But uh but Majesty of Decay felt like a felt like it was making fun of uh power metal like like it was I mean, it was kind but, of genre but, but so. it felt like a parody of itself in terms it of does. it was just really low quality
0: that's how i feel about um, most of the the modern heavy metal genre
1: yeah it was it was just it was just a bore and a chore to get through
0: uh luckily i use you guys as a
1: barometer for most albums so I've been spared Most. much of the worst of the worst, unlike KFCMC, which is a legitimately <laughs> hey, good I'm, album I'm, for no. people who are seeking you
0: know what? it out. Genuinely you know what, ben? shocked Zovie made it through.
2: Hold on. Now you know how I felt when y'all landed yes. my album of the year. All right.
0: Yeah, this now is your, you know we how did, it feels. We did, we did all collectively say Nick's album of the year was our worst album last year.
1: I'm not saying I don't deserve this. I'm just saying that I am not going to let this chicken fry without you're me just, fighting for it.
0: You're just you're just choosing righteous indignation.
1: No, I'm cho- I'm choosing <laughs> to enjoy this album. I enjoyed it, I've listened to it like five times. <laughs> it's a great album, except for my balls my balls is not a great song i'll I don't, admit I, that I, I don't think that's you can why it didn't an rank higher
0: in, i don't think you can gonna have enough in your top five not like every song on the album
1: i mean like it's fine i just really like the other songs more
0: i respect that yeah. I, res- I respect that you have an opinion on it i disagree with your opinion
1: yeah you can disagree with it that's fine you
0: gotta respect my thought process Eh. I'm glad I'm glad right. we're coming to this week with high vibes. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm kind of sick. I'm really tired. This is what <laughs> happens when Monty's not here. Um, all Bring right. it we'll, back.
1: Well, we are going to start off with number 10. And number 10 is a very Woo! controversial pick for us. Uh, we last saw this in our mid-year roundup. Oh. And uh, this is an album. That Matt and Nick really liked, and Kyle Uh-oh. and I didn't. Oh, I have since re-listened to it, and I liked it a lot more than I originally did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is g- g- gold d- 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 it's with just gold. This shame should not be mine. Uh, let's open up with uh, Matt. What, what can you share? With this album.
0: So so Gold's The Shame Should Not Be Mine was my, on my personal list, was my number eight album of the year. It fell down from number one, um, and we can talk about that a little bit later. But
1: Oh, yeah, this isn't even your album. This is no, Nick's. No, yeah, this is my number six on the official Nick, list. Nick, t- tell <laughs> us why this is in your top five.
2: So this album was also in my mid-year roundup. Um, I don't remember where I placed it off the top of my head, but for my... Two. Well, oh, number two. Since then it has fallen down to five uh, Because there have been a series of releases That I've enjoyed more And, you know, during the mid-year roundup As much as I loved this album I was still kind of struggling to embrace it, really And kind of listen to it end to end Because it's just Because it's In my opinion It does what it does so well That it just upset me Every single time I listen to that album As it should And about a month ago maybe two months ago i don't know something kind of clicked in my head and i was able to really embrace the music and like not just the message and my god have i fallen in love with this album it is just an emotional roller coaster with these almost post-metal-esque electronic beats behind it that layer in this this sense of just sorrow and weight that slowly gets lifted as you progress through the album and you kind of get to go on the journey with her of confronting everything that she's been through all the trauma and abuse walking yeah. through it. And then at the very end, finally reconciling everything that you've experienced with your internal self and beginning the healing process and being okay with that healing process. And so this album is just a beautiful, beautiful celebration of working through trauma, mm-hmm. coming out the other side, hopefully a better person, but just the journey of mental health and surviving. It's yeah, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful album. It's and, a super and, super hard listen, but I can't recommend it enough.
0: Yeah. So yeah, um, the story behind this album is really. Really fascinating too because Gold is uh primarily the project of uh Melina Eva, a uh Dutch singer, um, who's joined by Thomas Kernai, Jacob Abolik, Vincent Shore, Daniel Warner, and Igor uh Wouter. I think I said all their names right. But like Nick was saying, this is purely her story. Um, in in during lockdown um mila had mila was in a position where she was confronted by a past and a a trauma she had long repressed and had pushed away um but in the in the light of being in the pandemic she had to she she talks about how she was forced to confront them and really deal um deal with it um and uh around the exact same time um Gold was approached by Roadburn, uh, the Roadburn Festival. Uh, it was one of the largest metal and rock festivals in the world. And in 2021, they put on an online version. And the, this performance that they offered her to do um, gave her the, the process to like express all these emotions and get through this experience. Um, and uh, before the performance, she actually revealed directly and that she had been raped at 19 years old. Um, and it is the memories of that time And it's last impact That formed this entire album um, She wrote the album with Thomas Securner, The guitar player for the album And it was it's really cool Because they recorded the whole thing In a small apartment Without any of their additional bandmates And the I- additional instrumentation It was just them writing the album In this like very intimate closed space Which is why I think you see so much like like Sonic, like vulnerability and intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I put, um, Oh, fucking, uh, I put Svalbard's album, uh, you know, when I die, will I get better, which is an album written under very similar circumstances to this one. Um, and just like that album, you know, this is like a hard to listen. Like Nick said, like if you, if you sit with the themes and what the album is about, and it connects with you and your experience, um, It's a really fucking harrowing experience to listen to um, because of the quality of the writing of the lyrics. Um, Some of the the criticisms I've heard of it is actually something I personally really like about it where uh, the whole album, and I remember the first time Nick and I listened to it, we were sitting there like waiting for the album to get started. Mm -hmm. You know, like we got through like track one and two, like after we got past like Strawberry Stopper, we're like, all right, some crazy shit's going to happen because I heard about this album from like, I think his Angry Metal Guy, and I was like, all right, some crazy shit's gotta happen. And then it doesn't, but in that kind of waiting, that that moment that I think can make the album less interesting to some people, what it did for me was create this like this deep kind of like hooked atmosphere. Like I was so locked in to the progression of the music because I was waiting for it to see what it would do next, with how minimalist and stripped back the production or the the intensity of it was um and it let the um intensity of those emotions come through um and you know just like the final uh the final tracks, uh the final track's refrain is it's time for some healing now mm. um and like when you finish listening to the album especially like on your second uh or third one through it really fucking mm. it And hits. like yeah and when you look at the album artwork Which is just Mila standing in like pre, like, um, like medieval full plate armor um like directly showing like the emotional armor that she wore to protect herself from this trauma before she was able to let it out and to let it out on stage at roadburn too which got a huge huge reception and if you're if you're listening to this and you don't check out anything else we talk about i recommend you going and finding um gold's performance from roadburn uh because it really is like a very um It's seeing emotional vulnerability performed on stage is something I find very beautiful and, uh, incredible to watch and experience. I really recommend you go and check out that, uh, um, that experience now, Ben and Kyle, you both mentioned that this wasn't your favorite albums of the year, um, and didn't love it. So before we hear from our reformed believer, Ben, um, uh, Kyle, I know you didn't love this album, so I'd love to talk about why or what you didn't like about it and what maybe you did like about it, Kevin, come back to it in the later in the roundup. And I put this as my uh, number six amongst these top 25.
3: Okay, so I still didn't like this album. Lyrical content aside, we're not yeah, going to talk yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah
0: so you 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 understand and respect and support the message that is being portrayed by the album you just didn't like the music one million percent unlike zovi where you hate birds yes <laughs> <laughs> all right
3: so to your point the thing that you liked about the album at it that was the main thing i incredibly disliked i wanted something more and it just did not give that um yeah um i there was, i, I sorry, but to,
2: to kind of push back on that idea and that criticism a little bit, like the the hit doesn't come from the actual instrumentation. The hit comes from the lyrics and the things she's talking about. So when so when you're expecting, or at least when Matt and I were expecting that like initial drop, that initial intensity, you don't get that in the Instrumentation, but I think, especially with the way she structured the album, that 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 crazy shit, that that heavy hit comes from the lyrics.
3: It would probably yeah. been better if it was both at the same time, to be quite honest.
0: And which is kind of what we got when we with, with Solbard's album last year. Um, and I, I understand where you're coming from, Kyle, for sure. Um, I, I I I'm on the side of it where that kind of the absence of it is what I think makes the album so much more powerful because in a sense doing the heavier music in addition to it, um, one, I think would have given the album less of a reach to like the wider, like musical audience. Um, but it also, and I don't know if this is the case necessarily. They might've saw it as like too easy, Get, especially given the way they record, you know, way they wrote the album. <coughs> that,
3: that is fair. Um, but I still do have but a couple valid. other. Yeah. I still have a couple other criticisms though. Um, First one is there's that constant whirring sound in the background, mm-hmm. especially like in the song "Invisible." I just found that so annoying. Like it, legitimately gave me headaches. It it was I not that. yeah, it was not fun. Sorry. Um, the second it's like one the
0: movie climax, by Gaspar Noe, where there's mm-hmm. screaming in the background for seven minutes straight. Different yes. different podcast. Yep. Sorry. Oh, back in. <laughs> all right, good right,
3: back in. All right. Um. Also, I didn't care for her vocal style. I found it. Wow. She was recording for more of like a Not for an album, but she was trying to perform like on, like a theater stage. Well, which is
0: kind of how the album was created. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and 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 that part,
3: and I kind of got that near the end, but it's like at the same time, I want I was expecting more of like her record for an album, not just for like a for like a theater performance, you know.
2: Mm. And that's totally fair. And I think what really benefited her as an artist or the band per se as an artist as artists is them actually releasing that live version and i think that live version is the version you should listen to i personally like it more than the studio
0: release it is the original version you know like like the the um the 2021 roadburn like that is to some degree the definitive version of the album
1: all right well i liked it more okay uh i i had it this time around like about halfway in okay um i i feel like listening to backwash actually helps me contextualize this album a lot Mm -hmm. better just because i i think it's hard to because like this isn't my type of music but i also respect the message uh now that i actually took the time to listen to it uh-huh. um i i feel like it took me for a ride which i appreciated i feel like it was paced well and i like and like i appreciated the story it was telling through the music um still not my favorite vocalist ever uh i just personally not huge on her voice and just that type of like faint Kleenex pillow soft singing it just doesn't do a whole lot for me personally uh but by the time I got through the album this time around I actually felt pretty satisfied with it so uh yeah and enjoyed it and would be willing to listen to more
0: all right so let's move on to number nine ben number nine uh and
1: if that last pick was nicks uh this next one is actually interesting because we have a bit of a tie Ooh. Ooh. but both number nine and number eight are matt's Picks. oh shit <laughs> so we are going to go with uh matt's rankings and so the one he okay. ranked lower at number nine on our list with an average composite uh score of 10.25 is eradication of the unworthy infants change is good from finland matt what can you yes. tell us about this album
0: So, um, Change is Good is the first full-length studio release from these Finnish masters. Um, uh, Change is Good is technically a brutal death metal album, slash grindcore, slash hardcore. Um, what this album does for me is it really took all of the parts of death metal that I didn't always love. Like, I usually don't like brutal death metal. Most of it can be a little samey and obnoxious to me especially in the vocal side Um, grindcore is similar i struggle to find hardcore i can connect with on a whole album and all these other influences um that are distributed across the death the death metal and kind of hardcore beatdown scene um eradication or the definitely seem like a group of people who love that kind of music and who loved all of these different things and found a way, in my opinion, to beautifully meld all of them together into one massively, like, chest-poundingly good time. Uh, part of why Eradication of the Unworthy Infants made into my top 10 was because it's an album I always wanted to listen to this year. Um, similar to the, all, all of the albums, and the rest of my albums in my top uh, five that are left, are, were all albums that throughout the year, after they were released, I was like, whenever I'd want to just listen to something, they were always in like the front of my mind as things to listen to. Um, and Eradication of the Unworthy Infants is probably the album outside of my number one. They made me smile the most. Um, these dudes kick ass. They're currently on tour. So if you're in, I think they're touring in Europe right now. I might be wrong. Uh, if, they, if you're in the area, go check them out. Uh, very nice individuals behind the project as well. Shout out to you all. Um, go give them a follow on the internet. Um, this is just some really awesome, gory, brutal, intense uh, death, brutal death metal. Um, and yeah. yeah, that's They're like, a. this is like a solid like 4.8 out of 5 for me. The so rest of these albums I, are all in that like almost untouchable category.
1: Yeah, this is another one that ranked really highly in our mid-year roundup and I really liked it. Uh, this fell for me down from like the top three or so to about number eight. Okay, this is my um, four, by the way. Yeah, so I really like this album, but I, it didn't I was looking for it to itch a scratch, mm-hmm. and it like, was scratching it, but not quite as much as I needed it to. Ah. Um, it, it just didn't quite hit as intensely as I wanted it to upon repeat listens. Uh, feels really ECW-y with the guitar, real like I don't know, gritty and and sludgy, Uh, but it still keeps the pace going pretty well. So all that I enjoyed about it, Uh, and it really picks up around blast assist. Um, Really enjoy the riffs, Uh, but compared to other albums that I listened to this year, it just felt a little less uh, consistent and didn't quite hit the highest high points that i wanted it to uh but see see it's that it's this it's is that the lack first of, it's that lack of, consistency of them i'm, I'm that excited I really to liked. see like what what they do from here
0: yeah their their use of variety is what drew, uh, drew me to it if, if you uh were looking at the if you watch like my post on instagram about my top 10 <clears throat> one of our our listeners asked the question like what set this above the other brutal death metal releases of the year or in general, cause he knows I don't really love BDM cause he loves it. And I don't, um, it was because of the variety when you get, when you go from a song, like, like, um, among the hordes, which is this like mid tempo chuggy, like almost gate esque song into like crocodile tears, which is this like narrow to grind level of just blasting like guttural speed. Um, and you do them both in a way that feels like it's coming from the same place. Um, that to me makes them really, really fucking interesting. That's like I said earlier, it, it's, it managed to scratch my itch because it scratched all of the itches of like, it took all the things I liked from other lot micro genres around, uh, like the brutal death metal slam world and just did all the good parts and left out all the stuff I don't like, which was awesome. Well, let's hear what Kyle had to say
3: This album was a massive mix bag for me uh, There were things that I definitely enjoyed And there were other things that I did not care for whatsoever um, Just for reference, I put this at 18 on my list um, wow. yeah, I'm sorry, Matt um, The lows are too much And I felt like the album just, just dragged on a little bit too long I respect long. that yeah, um, like some of the songs I thought this, were this like
0: 34 minutes long. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I,
3: I, I, I was literally I was literally looking down. I was like, when is this album going to end? I want to this is on. the
0: shortest album in the top ten.
3: That that is that is saying something, Matt. Just throwing yeah. that out there. Um, <laughs>
0: it's awesome. <laughs> like like I, I said before, there's it, some songs. It is
1: not the shortest album in the top ten.
0: Is I think Dead how? Body is, isn't it? Oh no, Moonlight. So that's not a full album. Oh, yeah yeah Well that search is an ep doesn't count
3: but yeah um like there were some songs i'm like this is just sounds generic and kind of boring and other songs were like oh this fucking rips like the hardcore song the hardcore song fucking rips
0: yeah it's you have to i feel like this is an album that was like not necessarily made for me but made for people who have like a wide casting enjoyment of different parts of death metal and you gotta have to kind of like all of them um, cause if you don't like the, like the uh, Je ne sais quoi of what's going on here and what I assume is going to be the next pick is the same thing where if you're not invested into those influences, I can understand why the experience could be a little inconsistent because yeah, like I said, crocodile tears is a great example. It starts as a grindcore song. It ends as like a pure hardcore, like, like beat down stomper, yep. um, into like another BDM traditional song in human. So,
3: Yeah, that's all I really got to say about it.
0: Yeah, so Nick, what did you think of Eradication of the Unworthy Infants? So,
2: I think I lie somewhere between Kyle and Ben. Uh, I placed it at number 11. Sweet. And the parts of this album that I really like, man, it's good. It's good. But, unfortunately, I don't really like the brutal slam side of death metal. Um, Yeah. It... Particularly, the vocals give me the most trouble when they get all really gurgly, with the background (laughs) of just nothing but bass and like it's just it's it's too slow and too heavy and too gurgly all at once. Where what what eradication of the unworthy infants do is they kind of take everything else I like about the genre and do it really really well. And there is which song is it? I think it's watching it fall is just like a straight up brutal death metal song and i hate yeah. that song can't stand <laughs> it but then there's also among the hordes
0: which is a freaking the banger of a song cro- yeah into so it, crocodile it was, tears too
2: yeah yeah so he's like it, it was a mixed bag but i definitely liked more than i disliked
0: agreed agreed yeah and and i and i think when it comes to the vocals that are normally associated with um brutal death metal I think the moment this album was completely sold for me is I believe it's on sacrilege. Um, He lets out one very intentional, like re and it's like, it's like 10 seconds long. And in my head, every time I hear him say that I can like in my brain, he like giggles. Cause it starts with like the gate, get kind of gate creepery, like mid tempo death metal, kind of like, Ugh! and then and that very like classic mid tempo death metal. Did Gatekeeper um, release sam- anything last year? No. Last year, they, well, they did. Remember, they released um, Unexpected Journey in January first. Oh uh, my god,
2: that was last year.
0: Oh, that was January. That was like January first or second of 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 twenty twenty one.
1: Oh well, that's oh. not twenty twenty two. Well, I mean, I mean, like current voting
0: cycle. No. no. Yeah, okay. No, no, that was that was earlier. That was last year. They I'm were supposed to Cooper. release a full length in twenty twenty two, and they didn't. Because um, I Ugh. think they, because they, they, like many other uh, band, touring bands on our listening, didn't release music this year because they spent the entire time touring aggressively, trying to make money and fun back. Um, yeah, but the, the, to, to wrap up Eradication of the Unworthy Infants, this is an album that is singing about gross, depraved destruction, and it's having a great time doing it. And that, to me, is a recipe for a great time. Um, and I highly recommend you check it out, especially if you're on the fence with brutal death metal, this is a great kind of like lens into the genre and it doesn't do like the babbling brook vocals at any time. Uh, and it uses just, just enough of the samples of slam to, uh, make it, make it a wonderful experience.
1: Well, thank you for sharing Matt. Uh, just adds up. Kyle had the lowest score of that with an 18, uh, Nick had an 11, uh, and we're going to follow up with number. What, were, what eight. did you have
0: it at, Ben? Eight.
1: I had it at uh, nine.
0: Nine. Okay. Or no, I no, had no.
1: I had it. Or I had it at eight on my list. So. All right. And so I had it at number same. four. Yeah. Uh, well, let's follow up with our number eight on our compiled top twenty-five. And Matt, I hope your vocal cords are rested because I would it love for you to tell me about Gone Mage and Handheld oh. Demise.
0: Well, so Gary, Gary's fucking back. Um, Gary handheld, is fucking
1: back, ha- isn't he?
0: Handheld Demise is the third full length release from uh, Gone Mage, but the one, two, three, four, four the fifth, re- the sixth release of 2022 um, from this project, including two singles, an EP, and a split, each of which was more interesting than the last. Um, I think something that's very fascinating about this new album by Gone Mage is is each time every time i reviewed a gone mage album i've had a similar comment which is that gary has figured out how to integrate the sounds that he's bringing into it the combination of black metal chiptune um like new metal slash that's like shoegaze um or i guess like metalcore slash shoegaze that he he drips throughout the project with each release it gets stronger and more developed Um, and this album to me felt like his most black metal, um, where the black metal and the chip tune really became a mirrored so that the chip tune no longer sat kind of in contrast to the black metal. It felt fully baked into it. So in like, even with like the opening track, Disdainful Stroke, the like opening cadence about like a minute in is some of the most intensely like brood like darkest version of this sound that we've heard um and to to just to throw out the bias i did contribute to this album i am a guest vocalist on it so like that did not influence my opinion though bullshit Um, huh bullshit fuck you kyle it didn't so one
1: of the songs is based on 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 your inspirations
0: Yes, half, half of one of the songs is based on a reoccurring nightmare that I had, which I, you know, I feel very honored by that. And thank you again, um, Gary, for doing that. But he did it it's just because too. it's a great song, too. And I and my vocals are on it. Um, but regardless of all of that, um, this shows Gone Mage evolving that much further. Uh, and creating a very like captivating sound, I think on his previous releases on *Sudden Deluge* and *Mystical Extraction*, um, uh, there was an intention to integrate these calmer moments, and not just like subtly like going these like acoustic moments you hear at the beginning album, but moments where you're like in kind of a metalcore shoegazy experience. And those moments have sometimes felt like they didn't necessarily fit with what was happening thematically on the album. Um, With this release, with the curator's journey through nightmares and through these reoccurring places, when we get to those moments, they really feel like they're part of the story that's being told throughout the piece. And they actually, in my opinion, he captures the best possible version of that moment um, with like the end of the album with the, from walls to woods, um, a track that I think if you put in front of a, a hundred different black metal fans would get past their kind of preconceived notions about this kind of mixing of music, uh, cause it truly captures this beautiful shoegaze black and chip tune sound that is just utterly captivating and, unnerving almost you can feel the fact that you're kind of stuck in a dream with this release especially um now i I know ben i know ben you ranked this one relatively high but i'd love to hear from kyle uh about what he thought about gone mage's handheld demise would you love to hear from kyle Uh, No, but I'm getting it out of the way so that I can listen to Nick talk about how he kind of turned around his opinion on the band, and then you give it a little bit of a tug at the very end before I come back around for some more positivity.
3: All
1: right, Kyle.
3: Okay. So, I liked everything after Distinct Full Stroke. (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh yeah. really
3: yeah oh. A- actually um still ranked at 17 on his um, list yeah seven yeah. just because i really did not like disdainful stroke i thought it was just a messy chaos instead of organized chaos um
0: Disappoint kyle he's entering into a nightmare <laughs> realm okay <laughs> matt just let him go
3: don't get me wrong it's, it's not sure. a bad song it's just it was a little much
0: Okay. Yeah, I respect that. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, but no, number 17 is like where things started, where I started really liking albums. Um, just for clarification. is That not... was like
0: your cutoff point. Yeah,
3: that was my cutoff point.
0: Yeah, um, I will just, I, we didn't, I didn't specify this at the beginning of this episode. No matter what shit we talk about the other albums here, all of these albums were great. Everything we're talking about, these are all like successfully good albums that are worthy of like respect and merit. But we're going to nitpick because we're nitpicking one another.
3: Yeah. Um, to your point, I really did like the melding of black metal in the chiptune. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was very cohesive, and it just, just sounded like chiptune black metal. It was quite nice. Um, it was
0: fully integrated at this point, where even on Sudden Delusion Mystical Extraction, it was like in the in that the melding place.
3: Yes, 100%. But yeah, um, the, the reason why I got knocked on so much is because I just really did not care for a disdainful stroke. But besides that, it's a quality album, um, very well written, and it's just a fun time while you're listening on a nice cruise.
0: Yeah. Kyle, did you have a favorite song? I want to see if you can pick the one that I'm I'm part of.
3: <laughs> no.
0: Damn. Fuck you, Kyle. Nick, what did you <laughs> think of the album?
2: This is my favorite Gone Mage album thus far. yeah. Um, this is definitely his most cohesive album, and I think it's also the most approachable album. Hmm, um, interesting. At least from my personal tastes. Um,
1: I'd agree with that actually. You
2: know, I, I the first four songs, so disdainful stroke through stairwell of gore and faceless apparition, um. Kind of a bit of a struggle for me. The blend, the way he blends black metal and chip tunes, is really, really hard on my ears. Not that I can't find any enjoyment out of it, but it's a bit taxing. But once you get to slowly, I watch the shockwave. Man, that's a turning yeah, point for the album. Oh boy!
0: Yeah, and slowly, and I was, slowly, I walk the shock, uh, the shockwave, and from walls to woods there are two moments that are like, oh fuck.
2: Yeah, and you know, once I got to about. It was either the equation to Levitation or Hallways Endlessly Resetting. Yes. I kind of started getting these almost Pink Floyd vibes. And by that I mean Ooh. the way that he uses non-traditional sounds in order to create mm-hmm. music while having a common thread throughout the whole album.
0: Yeah.
2: Just it, it's it kind of re- like uh conceptually, it reminded me of Pink Floyd's The Wall, where there's a lot of these weird non-traditional tunes and noises used in the album but it's mm-hmm. all cohesive and has a common thread throughout the whole thing kind of taking you through it and i felt the same way listening to this
0: wow really i I, the last thing i expected to hear today amongst any of these albums is a pink floyd reference that makes sense and yeah that, yeah. that I, one well, does, it makes sense I like i get it me, i
2: was mulling over that Comparison since I listened to the album, <laughs> whether or not I was going to talk about
0: it. But is, I had yeah. it
2: at number I had it at number fourteen, and I think okay. it's worth a listen.
0: Yeah, Ben, what did you think of Handheld Demise?
2: So, uh,
1: I I think that Gary's output is insane, um, and the dude's yeah. <laughs> immensely talented. From the first album of his I listened to to now, which has been what like a year and a half, almost two years now. Um, yeah, I think the dude has. Is like to put it in wrestling terms, I feel like he's improved at like a Kurt Angle rate, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is very good. Um, <laughs> I I think that my my big ba- and I'll, I'll get the complaint out of the way early. And it's not even a complaint. It, it's just like what would I personally like to see more. I feel mm-hmm. like the the pacing of the album is still just slightly off because there's. Cause like he has these amazing riffs and I mentioned this and cause I think yeah, this was, was just... out by the mid-year roundup. It was. So this is my this this is number two but, in the mid-year roundup. Yeah. And like, he has these amazing riffs and then he drops them and then he moves right over to something else. And I feel like if he chose, and I think it sort of goes for the song list too. I think he could have cut out one or two of the uh, nightmare songs Uh to be a stronger package and obviously you guys seem to like the back half of the album more than the first half whereas i really like the first half of the album which seemed to be a lot more based on the gone mage storyline you know and that sort of duality which i think was creating more of that harsh uh reaction nick that you were listening to because there was a sort of duality between the two characters
0: Well, like, narratively, Um, the beginning of the album is the transition into what's happening to him. Right, exactly. To to the curator, and then then he goes through the nightmare journey. But it's also,
1: yeah, but it's also the two separate characters have their own separate bits of the songs, you know, which which creates that, and I like that. But um, I feel like he is so brimming with ideas that sometimes the best get kind of held down a bit. Just because he's trying to get like a ton in, And I'm not saying this in a bad way either. I'm just saying I want to hear like the best stuff more and like really I, like.
0: What you need to do, Ben, is you need to go and check out Mr. Brent's other projects, uh, which uh, his other he has a avant garde black metal grindcore project called Homeskin, um, which he released. Ooh. I think uh, one, Home two, skin. three, four, five, six full length albums for this year. Um, he's already released an album for that project this year, and I think what I find very fascinating, following all of Gary's music to some degree, because um, is that you can hear the influences of each of those other releases on what is outputted through Gone Mage or any of his releases. Where homes, where homeskin really has that much harsher, darker sound to it, and I think that that comes across in how dark and black metal this yeah. release is because he spent time refining and with that sound on that one. And I also want to shout out his the project that led to the inspiration of Gone Mage, especially thematically, um, Nier, um also yeah. released an album this year, Phantasmal, uh, which is excellent. Another really I, I, I was fantastic I was listening- album.
1: I was listening to a bit of that, but I prefer God Mage since it's less I, like required to have the video game connection, you know? Yeah, I g- feel like I get it's it. a little more transformative, but that's once again, that's just a personal me thing. But anyway, I think Handheld Demise is a really good fucking album. Yeah. Um, and even if you don't like everything, you're going to love a lot of it. Uh, and i love the vast majority of this and uh i think i think 2023 is going to be a really good year for for gone mage and and all of his projects
0: and and i'll say one last thing about this and i think i've said this every time i've talked about gone mage um and music like this is that to me black metal is a genre that was about pushing boundaries it was about creating dissonance against what the music scene was doing through like a lens of just un unref- unabashed unstopped expression and we learned a lot about that when we learned about the origins of the second wave of black metal and in a sense i think that the fact that this sound is so unique is so separate from the traditional black metal world from all of the black metal on the rest of this list there's a lot of black metal left to talk about um and each of those albums, while possessing somewhat of a traditional black metal sound to some degree, this one stands far and, a, and across from all of them in its level of innovation. And I think, especially on the first two releases, it, it, it didn't necessarily rub people the wrong way, but it, it stood in consciousness like, well, this isn't what black metal is. And that's the fucking point. Um, yeah. Experimental music, harsh, heavy music is meant to challenge what you are expecting from it. And this album does that in this project and a lot of, of, uh, Gary's projects do that. But like you said, Ben, Dawn Mage is the one that captures it with the most, um, intensity with the most yeah. nuance, especially bringing in a genre like chiptune that is so often like dreamy and poppy and fun. Yeah. Um, and blasting the beat, uh, the BPM up high enough to make it truly captivating and unique
1: yeah i was gonna go into a side thing about how he reminds me of the wrestler chris hero but uh we're not gonna do that because uh we've been talking a lot uh so i'm going to move on to number seven on our list it is black braid one by black braid this was in kyle's top five would you mind talking to us about black braid
0: yeah
3: i'm surprised it's this low fuck um (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Um actually not really. Um because I was talking to Matt about this quite a bit. It uh so Blackbraid there he is runs a atmospheric black metal band that mainly talks about uh Native American paganism, which is really cool. Um he's from the Andrak Mountains of New York. Arandac Adirondack. Um so I believe on a reservation too. Uh <clears throat> so when it comes to like native american culture uh and their history it really revolves around black metal very well in terms of uh how the white christians uh basically eradicated a lot of their culture and their religion kind of like what they did in like uh yeah scandinavia so, it, or
0: I mean, anywhere they went, yeah.
3: Um, just South America, the present,
0: Central America,
3: Canada,
0: Canada, most of Europe, Italy.
3: Yeah. So, it, this album is very much in that true cult vein, and what it is trying to portray. Um, it is to me is a it's a short album. Um and I'll give it that. Almost uh, an EP. Yeah, almost an EP. Um, it, it basically has f- technically four tracks and two interludes, but those interludes help build the atmosphere within the album, um, in my opinion, at least. Is uh, <coughs> So I ended up finding these guys randomly on Spotify, this guy randomly on Spotify, um, when he dropped his first single. Um, the... Uh, ghost, ghost dance seven. on blood-soaked soil. Yes, very. Second
0: black best song title of the year. Yes, very much so. After and after the seas, beneath the seas, of the sea.
3: Yes, <laughs> that song is just an absolute banger. Um, it really helps meld the black uh, black metal with the uh, more folky vibes of uh, traditional Native American uh, drumming and uh, bells uh, when they dance. Um, it really feels like you're watching a ceremony.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. It does have that magical kind of like metaphoric level of atmospheric presentation. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting because this is, we have, we have American folk slash atmospheric black metal bands like Panopticon. Um, but it still, it feels like it, with BlackBraid, the influence he's pulling from feel unique. It, it's, it's shocking <laughs> to me to some degree that we haven't had this rep, this, um, culture represented in black metal um in the past because like kyle said it kind of fits so naturally into the sound and into the message um of like what this album and and what uh the indigenous indigenous people of this land could sing about in regards to their frustration at what they've lost or had stolen from them um it just slots perfectly fucking into black metal um and it's it's really really unique
3: yeah um from what i heard the biggest criticism it makes you want more which is completely fair um it, like i said before it is a very short album it's literally just six songs and it runs at 36 and a half minutes um if you added one more song to me it'll probably be a perfect album but um in yeah. the same vein it kept me hooked in throughout the whole album and it makes me want to have more and i'm excited to see what he produces next
0: As this, yeah, my and this one was album. A- and, and since we've mentioned it in previous episodes, this was an album that was very well-reviewed by the metal community as well. If if we hadn't picked... The, it, the only reason this wasn't one of our metal community picks is because I knew it was on um, either Nick or Kyle's list. Um, because this was like the number one album from the community at Banger TV. Um, it was on multiple Angry Metal Guy uh, best-of lists. And it was a well Touted album across the board when it came to black metal releases this year.
1: Oh, uh, what did you think, Nick?
2: I really, really like this album. I uh, I kind of slept on it for a little bit until Kyle brought it to my attention. Um, and if you like relatively straightforward atmospheric black metal with those northeastern Native American influences, oh my God, you're gonna have a blast with this mm-hmm. album um, and to your point Matt uh, earlier when you mentioned the lack of representation of Native American culture in black metal mm-hmm. it is it is shocking that it hasn't happened before yep. and especially with how well he integrated some of his cultural influences into your standard ass black metal mm-hmm. chef's kiss I'm, I'm ecstatic for this guy's future future releases um, this album didn't make it onto my personal top 10, but of this, uh, the podcasts, top 25, I had it as number nine.
0: Next, nice. Yeah. Ben, cool. what did you, I'm, I'm very interested to hear what you think of this album. I listened
1: to black braid when Kyle first introduced it a few months ago. Uh, and I was like, wow, this is, this is really good. But like I was doing other things and I had to listen back to it. I was like, I'm sure this is gonna jump up a few spots. And I listened to it again, and I was like, no, it's about it's about as good as I thought it was. Um, I thought this was really good and really straightforward, uh, very very meat and potatoes. I had this as like the exact midpoint on my top 25. Um, I thought it was good. Uh, I would have loved, like Kyle said, like one song to really tie it together i like albums that have like a single really climactic song that really brings everything together uh and black Braid is not that um i didn't not think yet. i i didn't like i think this is like an easy listening atmospheric black metal album like because yeah. i couldn't tell you the difference between any of the songs on the album but i thought everything was really good um so not a huge standout but I thought it was hugely quality.
0: Yeah, I I I I pretty much mirror your exact opinions, Ben. Um it does have its own unique sound. I took all of the black metal bands on this on our top 10 and put one song for each time on a playlist and shuffled it. And I could always tell when Black Reaper's playing. But if I put it on a like much larger list of black metal, especially of other atmospheric black metal of this kind of aesthetic, <clears throat> I feel like I wouldn't really pick them out super as easily as I might some of the other albums we're going to talk about. Um, I think Black Braid will make it into my top ten by their third album. <laughs> yeah, and uh, also
1: just a heads up, everyone, Black Braid is our very first number one album to enter the top ten. So that was Kyle's number one wow, Kyle, album,
0: of album of I f- the year. I
3: fucking love this album. <laughs> I, I get it.
0: A great I, album. I get it. It's a very it. good did... album. For for me, the I think the thing that brought it down low was similar to Ben. Was it, it was very meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. That's um, what I liked about I, it. Though I've I've listened, I listened to a lot of atmospheric black metal. I, I used to listen to a lot more of it than I do now. Um, and while what Blackreed was doing was super interesting, um, I felt like some like somehow kind of what we were talking about with um, uh, with Gone Mage is the sound isn't fully baked in yet. Um, kind of like how the the. In my opinion, modern Panopticon is less interesting than early Panopticon um, because now he's just kind of doing other stuff in addition to the atmospheric sound he cultivated in his early releases. Um, This one has that ambience. It has that world building that's really beautiful. And the black metal parts of it are super well done. Um, But it's just kind of straightforward, which is good. And, you know, sometimes exactly what you need. Um, But it doesn't have enough of a, um, like, a vibe to pull me through it. This isn't an Mm. album that, that like, I'm going to, like, listen to and be, like, pumped up. All of of my top five and arguably top ten albums kind of give me, like, a, like, let's fucking go. Even if it is, like, let's go and I'm sad. (laughs) And I, like, let go and, like, men are fucking horrible sometimes. Um, You know, like, those vibes give me energy. And this album just, like, impressed me academically speaking um and that's like you know not a bad thing but you know this was my 15 out of these 25 um and in my grand top you know top 10 top 20 albums this would have landed somewhere on there probably actually around 15 again anyway um but it was it was overall a really good time and when it comes to like straightforward ass black metal it's like the second best straightforward ass black metal album on this list
1: Mm. that's completely fair I, uh, yeah I, I i do not disagree with that uh no. and on that <laughs> well, note good sir good sirs <laughs> captain, uh, captain black braid was also the first album that we had an average score of under 10 this had an average uh ranking of 9.5 uh mm. and from there we are going to go to an Wait. average ranking of 8.5 Pause. for our number six album nick would you like to tell us about Moonlight Sorceries piercing through the frozen eternity.
2: Well, I would absolutely love to talk about them, Ben. Mm! Moonlight Sorcery is a power metal, black metal fusion band (laughs) coming from uh, the wonderful country of Finland. And this is their first release, an EP, running at a very crisp 23 minutes. And oh my God, guys. I've had this sound, like, in my brain ever since I really started listening to power metal and black metal.
0: Well, and we've spent hours trying to find
2: it together. I have scoured the internet trying to find this sound. Because every other, like, power metal slash black metal band, they're either just your generic ass metal black or the way that they incorporate the two genres together is just incredibly disjointed, and it just doesn't work.
0: But these there's guys... Only, there's only one other one. Bethlehem.
2: <laughs> oh, true. Uh, anyway. Different. These, these guys, these guys get it. These guys figured it out. It's literally power metal with a layer and veneer of black metal over the top. So it has these incredibly galloping riffs, these bouncing riffs, with your standard like uh, power metal blast beats behind it. But it's this, but the vocals got that beautiful like black metal screechy grime to it, and like a nice this level of distortion over all the instruments to give you that nice black metal gross grime over the excitement and galloping and power or excitement of power metal it's uh it's amazing this was my number three on my list if my number one and number two didn't come out this year this would have been my number one pick
1: very nice um kyle uh are you willing to back up his opinion
3: yes it's a great meld between the two genres um it when it opens it literally sounds like you're at the gates of a frozen castle in the middle of a tundra and you just want to storm that castle. Um, it's a great time. Uh, my one knock is that's an instant EP. It should have been longer. <laughs> <laughs> I put this respect at God. 11.
0: I respect it. Um, well, luckily for you, Kyle, I, I, they released
2: another EP. So yeah,
0: we actually uh, mix them together. It's an album. I, I
1: actually also put this at 11, just like Kyle. Uh, I don't think I have much to add that you guys didn't. Um, you know, I. I don't really like power metal, but I like this. Um, I liked how mystical it was, and it they really it feels like they really committed to it, which a lot of the times when it gets power metally, I sort of think it feels more hokey than entertaining, um, but that's Oof. my cross to bear, of course. Uh, I don't have much to add to it, but this was a really good time, and um, I hope to listen to something longer from them in 2023.
0: Yeah, I'll jump in here at the end. This was my number nine. This was also my number, like my official number eleven, on my big list. And that was primarily because it was so short. And I wanted so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, but Moon, Moonlight Sorcerer is a band I found uh, because uh, I was debating with somebody about warm black metal. They were like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "I want something that's fiery. I want something that's like energetic and not maybe not having a good time, but having a really badass time." Uh, and there's, two, there's another black metal album we're going to talk about a little bit that's commonly gets the, the notion of being epic. And I think a lot of times when people are looking for the power metal black metal crossover, they end up getting handed epic black metal, which is a different lens of this. Um, the, the epic black metal, I think, takes the grand gritty reality of the world that's being presented and like takes it to like the intensity. It's like it's like it's black metal, but it's you know, an Arthurian legend. This is black metal, but it's Lord of the Fucking Rings. Um, which black metal is very often Lord of the Ringsy, but this is that kind of melodic, fun sound that is just people who love black metal but also love to just fucking shred on a guitar. Um, the the lead the lead guitarist in this band is also in a, uh, a surprisingly good. A heavy metal band called Van Sidean, or Van Sedan. I they're fucking finished. How do you I don't spell know. that? V-A-N-S-A-I-D-I-A-N. N- C- Sadie Sadian? It starts
1: with a V. Oh fine. Van Sidean. Van Sidean.
0: Yeah, sure, but they're a heavy metal band from Finland that the guitarist is also in, and they are, have such a good time with their music that you can feel that being translated into here. Now, this is what would most people would consider, I think, to be um, really riffy, melodic black metal. But to Nick's point, it it steps over that 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 step from just being another melodic black metal band. By creating this like grand galloping grandeur, like to me, black metal is all about being glorious. It's like this like stand up and shout from the mountaintops, like the deeds of your tales. Where a lot of black metal for me is like you're in the POV of the character slaughtering millions on the on the front of the battle or committing their soul to the ritual to become a lich. But this this has that grand, archaic, arctic. Coat to it that like transcends over the world, and the riffing and instrumentation is so good, it's so crisp. This is just, yeah, this is an excellent album.
1: All right, well, thank you, Nick, for uh bringing it to our attention. I'm glad we could include it. Um, coming up next, we have a Ooh. bit of a tie, another, Ooh, we have one more tie here, okay. Um, and so this is. Two different people chose these albums, and so I can't just go with whoever picked one over the other. Uh, conveniently, though, three of the four of us preferred one album over the other. Ooh. Okay.
0: Well, I and think, so I, I figured think I know now.
1: to just go with that. And it's for that reason that our number five album of the year, with an average score of eight is fellowship the wow, satellite light chronicles
0: really?
2: holy
1: shit
0: yeah. oh wow. my my reality is shaken by this
2: i did not expect this to be this holy long. fuck wow. yes
0: okay i'm um, so happy we're, we're ready to
2: talk about this
0: <laughs> this was this <laughs> is a gift i didn't know i was going to be given <laughs> yes <laughs> so uh, this is our Ooh!
1: This is our second number one album of the year. This is Nick's, so Nick, uh, please talk to us about it. <laughs> oh my yeah, god! This is,
2: this is shut shut the fuck up. So this is my <laughs> album of the year. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> <Someone's> <laughs> No, 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 not at all. Because I know which one Matt likes more, and I, I love that. Ben album. did so it. So no, Ben okay.
0: fucked with me. Ben and I were in mild communication about some of what's with the background, but he didn't give me the full spoilers, and he <laughs> he, he led me astray. Anyway, uh,
2: Fellowship is a <laughs> power metal slash symphonic power metal band out of the lovely UK, and this is their and uh, the Cyberlake Chronicles is their debut album. And honestly, these guys kind of solved my biggest problem when incorporating symphonic metal into power metal. I find that in a lot of, well, in most symphonic metal, and then in quite a bit of symphonic power metal, the vocals lose their grandeur, their power, the excitement, and it becomes this, like, typically uh, with women uh, vocalists, I find this most common, that they, they, carry this very airy wispy voice to them.
0: Like um, false opera.
2: Yeah, and not only that, that their vocals don't really complement the instrumentation that's going on. But with these guys, oh my goodness, they figured it out. They solved it. This guy's vocal performance on this album is amazing. Just absolutely incredible in my opinion kind of carries the album yeah it. not to say that the instrumentation is bad by any means but his vocal performance takes it to a whole other level he really uses his voice as an instrument of its own and he doesn't just mirror whatever the main riff of the song is or whatever beat the drums are, are uh, making at the time he carries his own journey with his voice throughout the entire album And it's engaging the whole time And even the ballad Which I'm not the biggest ballad fan Is still a pretty freaking good song Um, And that's in my opinion The weakest part of the album And if that's the weakest part of the album Oh my goodness But the album starts With this very warm Happy Almost jingling in bells Be like hey You're about to have a good freaking time And it takes you, uh, that's more Twilight Force. But these guys, it starts off with the song about friendship and how great friendship is and how good of a time we're going to have on a journey. And then they take you on that journey. And it is a blast from beginning to end. Almost every song on the album, if you learn the lyrics, you can sing along with it. And even if you don't, you want to sing along with it because it is catchy, it is soaring, and it is engaging from beginning to end. And I think Ben will like this album the least, so let's hear what he has to say.
1: I did like this the least out of everyone. Uh, it, I did not dislike it, though. Um, I am the reason why I did not you rank higher. You typically hate power metal. Uh, I gave it a, a 17 on my list. Um, but I, like, I just don't like power metal, okay? <laughs> I think whenever I listen to power metal, I'm like, this is kind of stupid. Uh, but Fellowship it was, I felt like the whole album was really fun, and like, I don't don't know what it was about the album that made me less reticent to it, but I, like, got a lot more in the mood that you should have for power metal, which is like, yeah, it's stupid, but it's, like, fun stupid
0: Um It's pro wrestling stupid
1: Yeah, and, like I feel like Fellowship did a much better job of putting me in that mindset than a lot of albums. Um, I did not love it, but I did like it, which for a power metal album for me is, is pretty high marks. Um, but I did not think it was the best power metal album uh, from our list. Um, let's talk to uh, Kyle.
3: Well, Nick, Nick, I'm with you on this one. This was my power metal album of the year. Hell yeah. I I put this at number six. So put that in perspective a little bit, boss. But anyways, no, this is just a very fun album. Um, The vocals are something different within the genre is a little bit more mellow, but he still can hit those high notes like a motherfucker. Um, Instrumentation, very power metal. Got fast drums, crazy solos. Great time. Um, the The ballad, is by far the weakest song on the album i'm not i'm not a fan of ballads to begin with um it's boring <laughs> to be quite honest like it, all ballads are to me are the same it's it's like please just leave it out and it'll be a much better album um it drags just a little bit clocking at an hour and seven minutes um yeah. and, and removing that ballad would make it a lot better but overall it's a very solid album do recommend it's if you want to have a good, fun, jolly time, this is the album for you.
0: So I had this at number eight. Now I will preface what I what how I feel about this album um, by saying I, I, I love it. I listen to this album a lot, but the reason that I I put it so low on my list, not higher, and even in my top five or my normal top ten, it was brought my number fourteen for my personal list, and it's eight on this list because difficult for mini bands to do what uh fellowship does i think they do capture a very joyful sound uh, i kept listening to this and trying to think what it reminded me of and it's the and i i, I came to the conclusion it's like the trans-siberian orchestra um <clears throat> which takes like the joyfulness of like christmas music and makes it kind of heavy metal and this whole album gave me that vibe and that is like sometimes a great thing but my big issue with with this album I think is in like the same field as Kyle recently mentioned it's it's editing. Now, I wouldn't inherently take out silhouette. Um that's the that's the um ballad on the album. I think there's one or two other songs in the middle of the album you could have taken out because the whole after oak and after glory days like, Oak Ash, Heart Upon the Hill, Scars of, sh- uh, of Shrapnel Wounds, The Hours of Wintertime, to me feel very, like, one section. It's like the chapter or the arc in a book that goes on a little too long, where they just kind of, like, instead of the author, like, doing a time skip and, like, jumping ahead in, like, four or five months, you get to hear what they did in those four or five months. And what's happening is cool, but it's just a little lengthy. Um, and his vocal performance is wonderful and it feels like he's smiling the whole time he's singing, but it also feels a little held back. And I don't know what it is, especially when it comes, cause I, I love symphonic power metal. Like my favorite power metal band of all time is Rhapsody who are like the godfathers of symphony when it comes in power metal. And when I listen to that and another album we're going to talk about, um, I feel this kind of joyous, uplifting power that felt a little absent from fellowship. Also one weird criticism its not a criticism necessarily, but the song saint beyond the river sounds almost exactly like uh, a bunch of other metal songs I've heard. Uh, It reminds me of the Canadian national anthem, Northwest passage, um, and it, it, I don't know what it is about that song, but I really like it. But every time I listen to it, I feel a little weird. Um, I think this is firmly the second best power metal album of the year. Um, and I I would have to actually ask you, Nick, who fellowship sounds like, because I couldn't think of any other power metal bands that really have this specific sound for the whole album. I um,
2: honestly have been trying to find comparisons for that right. as well. And I, can't there's like specific songs that i can draw comparisons to but as a whole as as a full package they're pretty unique in the symphonic power metal genre
0: yeah and i and they and they have that like larping mentality and it it's that uniqueness that is really really cool and really interesting to me but what it feels like happens is that they they kind of came up with their unique sound and that's all they did uh even on like even despite the the ballad not necessarily fitting the album as well as the rest of the tracks um it still sounds like fellowship which is great um but i just i couldn't connect with this with my entire heart this got this got a hold of me but it didn't take me on a journey um like we're in like in a band like twilight force which is also a symphonic power metal band and it is very joyful at times but it's the it's the fact that those albums kind of grab you by the throat and thrust you into the deep magic. Um, where this, in, in fiction, there's something, there's a difference between a soft magic system and a hard magic system. A hard magic system has clear and fast defined rules. Uh, and a soft magic system, the magic just kind of exists. Lord of the Rings is a great example. No one in the movies or in in the original trilogy, no one really explains where the magic comes from. You don't do incantations and shit. The magic just works and Gandalf can do cool magic. You shit that happens. Um, and in other, in other series, like the magic is very detailed and like anything Brandon Sanderson writes is like very hard magic systems. Like you cast spells by doing this, you do them this way and you, and like all these things happen. And yeah,
1: we were talking
0: about fellowship. Just, yeah. a,
1: just a reminder here. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Don't fucking worry. Um, When it comes to the fantasy of power metal and fantasy in general, I like hard magic systems because when you do have that full rational understanding of what's happening within the magic, um, the outcomes and the big moments are fucking massive. And soft magic systems, they're just really cool, but they're kind of just happening. And I think Fellowship is a fantasy band that is a soft magic system. It's really fucking cool. I like all the spells you're casting, but there's no lore to define how they work, and that's great. But it could be that much cooler if if they did a couple other things. Um, but all, overall, great album. Just doesn't just doesn't kind of it doesn't cup the the ambiance. It doesn't do, get the reach.
2: Gotcha. Well, before we move on, there's actually one more thing about the album I'd like to touch on, and that's actually the lyrics of the album as well. Yeah, The choruses, they're power metal choruses, very sing-songy, whatever, but the lyrics in the verses are genuinely complex, mm-hmm. and they're not just your standard, like, I'm charging into battle, here is my might, power metal lyrics. So I'll read mm-hmm. just like a little bit, it'll be quick, just as an example. Yeah. I um, mean, their uh, songs Still Enough
0: yes yes um
2: very beginning of the song i am no more the brittle son of apathy and loss i am more than a remnant carried on my sins are the anchors that i'll face up to so make the ocean my path these these lyrics in my opinion is another reason that takes fellowship up another level they're not your generic lyrics. There's actual complexity to them, and I'm pretty sure this dude read a thesaurus before he wrote the album.
0: He he wrote the lyrics like a black metal band writes their lyrics, where they write some like poetry, and then they just thesaurus every word, and then at least twice. Yeah, yeah, in a good way, in a <laughs> yeah. good way, good prose. I I as soon as you mentioned the lyrics, Nick, I pulled up the lyrics. Is still enough because like I have to like that song has some of the best lyrics on a power mm-hmm. metal album this year. Just like when oh, it comes to, like pure. <clears throat> pros well alright Ben what's next come on we've hit me, come hit me. to the top four
1: and the first person out of the four of us is getting knocked out and tied with fellowship with an average score of eight but with more people preferring it I would like to ask Kyle what he thinks Ooh. about Vejemos with the yes. album ha- Orderly. Go, Power Palette,
3: power, go. All right. Viemence.
1: Vamos. And the... Oh, Viemance, what does that word and mean? The... I don't know. Oh, oh <laughs> you speak French? <laughs> Fuck you.
3: And the album Odelé.
2: That sounded Spanish.
1: So,
3: <laughs> Odelé. <you know>, <laughs> so, so, they are an epic melodic black metal band from François. Um, what? From Paris, where? To be exact. François.
1: Sure. Vehemolse translates to English as vehemence. Oh, okay. Oh okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sh- yeah. I don't oh, oh, know, okay. <laughs> oh, I was lost. And uh and translates est- to get this ordeals. Oh fuck. <laughs> oh. Fucking mind blown <laughs> I'm tingling. Yes. <laughs> Alright.
3: Alright, so they're an epic melodic black metal band from Paris, France. Um, <laughs> their album Ordeals is just a banger upon bangers. <clears throat> so, th- the opening track, "Delu De
0: Ben, what's the? De Fou et de I don't know. Hold on, I gotta hold on. Hold on. I, got, I gotta get the actual
1: album up
0: here. Yeah, but you're gonna have to, to translate Uh
1: The first song is... Du feu et d'acier,
0: which translates to uh, like, the, <laughs>
1: like fire and ash. You something. have a
0: fucking, you have a fucking degree, bro. I have a minor
1: oh. in it, and I haven't used it in six years. All right. Ugh. I'm,
3: that sounds like a personal problem.
1: Yeah, it is, Kyle. <laughs> Actually, it's not because I'm not surrounded
0: by French all the time. You are. Yes, you are through the black model I make you listen to. True. <laughs> yep. <sighs>
3: All right, so yeah, this the opening track just hooks you right in um, with their fast beats, their gang vocals, and the gang vocals are really good, by the way. It gives you some power metal vibes as well, um, not nearly as much as uh, Moonlight Sorcery, but in a similar vein. Um, the album artwork is just fantastic. It's literally just two knights battling duking it out with two flaming swords. What's not metal about that? Um, but yeah, it's just a Adventure, if you understand French, the whole album is in French. Uh, you probably enjoy it more. Um, I was possible. just was enjoying... <laughs> yeah, actually. Um, it is just a tad long, um, clocking in just shy of an hour. Um, but it doesn't drag. It just keeps you engaged the whole time. Uh, it's a fun ride. Not much else I can say about it. It's just fun.
1: Uh, I actually think I had the lowest average rating of this out of anyone actually. Okay. Yeah, it looks like I did. Um, I thought this was a very good album, but um, I kept thinking I was yeah. going to like it more than I did, because I feel like this should be an album I love and is in my top five, and I just I kept listening to it, and it never did that for me. Um, so I did not enjoy it, but I also don't have a lot to write home about it, but I thought it was good. So... Thank you for existing. Um, Nick, what, what would you like to add about Vehemence? Man, um, when
2: I want to listen to melodic black metal, this is what I want to listen to. The only band that I can really compare them to is Hoth, and not necessarily whoa. Um, in terms uh. of kind of what they're singing about and s- style, but, like, the energy that it, like,
0: sure. puts out into the universe. From a vibes perspective.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah very dissimilar in like actual instrumentation but in terms of vibes that's what i want mellow death or mellow black to be man do i love this album yeah from beginning to end it's super engaging it does kind of dip its pinky toe into power metal a little bit some of the riffs can get kind of galloping but besides that man this is crisp melodic black metal i really don't have a bad thing to say about this album it was uh Number six on both my lists, my personal and the uh, podcast list. And it's it's great. I, I, I don't know what else to say besides go listen to it.
0: Yeah. All right. So I have a lot to say about this album and vehemence in general. Because I've had an itching desire to talk about French black metal for a long time. To the and shock try... of no one. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will try to keep this brief uh, as much as I can. Um, back in like 2006, like 2002 to 2006, a genre and aesthetic of French black metal was being formed, unfortunately by a real piece of shit guy. But after that, that sound evolved and it created what can be co- sometimes classified as uh, medieval black metal. Um, one of the sounds that captures it better than anyone else, the 2008 release, La, uh, La Corresse de Vence by Arholac who are a medieval black metal band that really captured what it meant to make black metal with this medieval French sound. This epic, nuanced, grander sound that felt very artistic and felt very unique to the scene. Just as the Norwegian, the Finnish, the Swedish, the American, the German uh, black metal sounds are all very much their own, the French sound has always been situated in a place Um, with this, not necessarily punk energy to it, but this kind of galloping epicness to it. Um, We see it very beautifully done today by bands like Ungfell, um, who take the medieval aspects of it. They tune down a little bit of the epicness and dive deeper into these gritty, dark places, these small cabins, just like their 2021 release, Mm -hmm. Ethnic. It takes place in one small village. Uh, but bands like Erolok, like Vehemence, like Abcusele, um, and Helkavad, which is, uh, uh, was one of our uh, honorable mentions of the year, they tell the story of the grand battlefields of medieval France, of the grand landscape of what is kind of the definition of how we in the West view medieval times, knights, and armor, and war, and grandeur and this album captures that sound so so beautifully well um i think since um a herlock's uh, 2008 album and some of ungfeld's album we've been waiting for a band to truly kind of take medieval black metal to the next layer of production value of performance and create something that is truly epic that has a notion that I feel like can move beyond being referred to as melodic black metal, can move beyond being defined just as medieval black metal, and can truly be described as something epic. And when I think of epic sagas, I think of like the Canterbury Tales, I think the Arthurian legends, I think of fucking vehemence. Um, and this album, very similar to I think my number three album or number two album of 2019. Père de la Song verse their first full-length album is, or their second full-length album, is just basically perfection. Um, I Despite this not being my black metal album of the year, uh, La Divine Sorcerelles, the 11-minute epic, that's like right in the middle of the album, is mm-hmm. probably my favorite single black metal song I've heard this year, yes. um, despite not being referred to as the Impeccable Caverns of Satan. Um, it is so close and it is so tremendously well performed um, that it, it takes what my album of the year does with making me happy and does it with black metal. And that is that is a task that isn't very easy with this genre, but they fucking do it. Um, and, in, and in the seat of French the French black metal sound, I really feel like vehemence uh, stakes claim to what is now. To a degree, the modern French black metal sound when it comes to the epic, more melodic side of it versus like the suicidal, depressive or or like sketchy punk stuff. Uh, but vehemence, this is the second best black pure black metal album released this year when it comes to just standard, standard traditional black metal. This is the second greatest example of it in 2022.
1: Wow. Uh, does anyone have anything to add from that?
2: Uh one last thing to add is that man this album goes down smooth
0: too. Yeah. Flies like, by.
2: Oh yeah. And you know I'm listening to it as we talk and something that I was reminded of is how smooth all the transitions are. They'll go from this super intense double double pedal blast beat tremolo picking and then just whoo slow it down. Real quick, but it doesn't feel jarring. Like they they do it in this very natural way. And I think that's a sign of like genuinely talented artists yep. that are good at their craft. Is like they they've played this genre, they know this genre, they love this genre, and their
3: work reflects it.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, like it I said, it makes it a lot
3: more approachable. Yes, too.
0: very listenable. Mm-hmm. Very. Like, you can yeah, put this is. on for someone who's never listened to black metal before, and they might actually dig this. Taryn, yeah. um, who doesn't like black metal really at all, enjoys the instrumentation of this album a lot.
2: Yeah. And to your point, I think the 11-minute epic would be a great place to start because it starts right? very, yeah. very chill, and it really eases you into the black metal.
0: And And I did look up the translation. The song means divine sorcery, which Hell makes yes. sense, which is basically what they're casting on this album.
1: Um, so, Kyle, thank you for joining us. Um, just to give you some quick out. <laughs> numbers, um, your average scores, your average score with your ranks included was 11.45, uh, unweighted, so with your rankings removed, you averaged a score of 14.3 out of 25, and you had a range of 12 uh, so, from your lowest rated album to your highest rated album.
2: Uh, what was the um, standard deviation?
1: Uh, st- d- d- your mother. <laughs> um, so, let's move I mean, on not horrible. to so our top our three. Number three album of the year. Oh, come on, baby. Let's go. Matt, Nick, oh, fuck. and myself still have <laughs> albums in the running here. <laughs> the number three album of the year comes from Matt. Epic Would you like to tell us about Satan on Rio Two? Her spirit
0: eternal. Yes, what do you think I think about this. Uh this was a huge surprise for me. So this is an album I heard about. Come, it came out when it came out back in April. Um, Satan play a raw traditional very like pure black metal sound, but they take that raw purity and the, and the punk that influenced some of that raw pure uh, black metal sound and infuse it with one writer referred to as this like horror punk vibe, um, which once I heard that it's kind of, uh, it's hard to not hear to someone who listen to a lot of horror punk and a lot of like gore punk. It has this fun driving energy to it that makes the pure kind of straightforward black metal sound so much more intense um the lyrical themes are about like japanese horror ghosts and death and mental illness and they capture these things very very well Um, the reason i was so surprised by Satan was i had been told about them and i don't necessarily always love raw black metal in its most raw form typically I get a little tired of it to some degree, um, because a lot of it feels like it's not made intentionally, and there's no character to it. This is an album that has so much unique character to it um, that it draws you in and keeps you fucking moving. As I said earlier, my problem with with power with um with uh, fellowship was the album ever grabs you by the throat and kind of forces you to confront the journey you're on. This album does that from the first like 45 seconds and it doesn't stop. Even though it, it, it transitions and it ebbs and it flows, this is a black metal album that holds you by the throat and doesn't let go and tells a very beautiful story that hides itself within a very raw and fast sound. Um, but I, you see it and, like, even within the first minute of Queens of the Haunted Dell, uh, where you get this almost catchy, fun sound to it. I don't know how else to describe it. This is black metal that's having a good time, which to me is very hard to find. And, and, I, and I know these, these these people are having a great time because I was lucky enough to see Satan live this year. And it was by far the best live performance I've seen of the entire year. And it made what was being performed here that much more intense. I was talking to one of our fans earlier about a band called Fulci. And they're a death metal band that he thought were, like, good, but didn't love them and didn't really give them the chance. When he saw them live, they put on such a good performance, he went back to the album and it ended up his, like, number two album of the year. This album is a very similar place. I heard it, like, I heard, like, one song from it and it was good and I moved on. But then when I saw them perform live, I saw the energy... And the fact that they captured what you hear in this album so incredibly, I genuinely, I think the album sounds even better when it's performed live than it does here. It is so, so incredible. And you can watch that performance over on the Dr. Gore wizard archives on YouTube. Woo. Um, Woo. Um, Yeah. This is, this is raw, straightforward, punky, driven black metal. That does it simply, It you know, like I said about Vehemence, it's, it's, it's a very straightforward black metal album. This is a very, very straightforward black metal album, but with its own character and vibes. And I'm always looking for black metal albums that are able to capture a sense of, like, warmth and kind of, like, bounciness. And Satan has that in spades. Uh, just for a little bit more information about Satan. They are a two-member project. Uh, From Nashville, Tennessee. So another great example of some American black metal. Uh, Shout out to the Gems label for hosting Gems Fest and uh, putting out some absolutely incredible uh, American and international black metal across the board. So big shout out to this. This is my number two album of the year. I could not stop listening to this from the moment I dove into it uh and if i had to pick a single of the year like a single that was released um Splatterpunk goth machine their other single this year uh is such a good time uh and if you can release a black metal album where you can have just like a chugging almost breakdown section like in queen of the De- uh, queen of the haunted dell you've really done something well um i would love to hear your opinion of this next man it's actually
1: interesting. Uh, Nick Kyle and I all had this at almost the exact same rank.
2: Uh, oh, Kyle shit. and I
1: had it at ten, and then Nick had it at eight. Um, wow! I really like this album. Um, it's it wasn't an album where like like a like some of these albums where I was left with like remembering certain things in particular, like certain songs in particular. Okay. Uh, but there was that, there was a lot that I liked with it. And every time I went back to it, I kept reminding myself, Oh wow. Yeah, this is really good. Um, I, I just love the vibe that it has. Uh, it's, I, I call it a party black metal. Yeah. Um, it's that,
0: it's that, it's that horror punk energy it just makes you want to fucking bounce.
1: Yeah. For real. Uh, it's, it's just real grimy vocals uh, the wailing in it, especially yeah. towards the end, is just so good. Probably the the wailing of the year, if, if that was an award. Um, it it was it's just a really good time for some atmospheric haunted horror black metal.
0: Um, it's horror I, punk and black metal. I, kissing.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty inventive, pretty unique. Say's interesting the whole time. There's not a light. Uh, there's not a lot to dislike about this album.
3: Um,
0: this a five out of five album.
3: Me?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You.
3: Oh okay. oh. okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Um. So don't go wrong. I really enjoy this album a lot, actually. Um. So when I was first listening to it, I listened to this album probably like maybe half a dozen to a dozen times. Um. My problem with it, there were points in the album where I thought I was listening to the same song. Uh like it's like did I just listen to this song? Then I realized like, oh, I had this on repeat probably yesterday, <laughs> to be quite honest. <laughs> um wow. so when I was listening yeah. So that's why it was I should have rated it a little bit higher. And I do apologize, man. I'm sorry. Um I don't really get the horror punk vibes, I get more of a Post Black vibe to it. I'm um, just how melancholic the sound is, um, and with the between the guitar tone, uh, lyrical content, and just the overall vibe of it, um, I really do enjoy the Japanese folklore within the album. It's something completely different within the genre, and uh, them representing the two faced lady in the album artwork, I thought was incredible. Is like because that's such an underrated folklore story um but overall it's a great album i always would just want to bounce around and just have fun um to be honest it gives me that sad boy vibes i always yeah. want and yeah all
0: right awesome. nick what did you think of this album
3: dude this album rips man yeah <laughs> it does it holy does. shit
2: so i actually thought this was the kyle pick at first because japanese black metal like tell me a yeah. more kyle pick than that um so I was very surprised when I found out it was from you. But holy shit, dude! I wish I knew about this album earlier. This probably I wish you guys
0: had been at the show.
2: Yeah, this probably would have broken into my personal top ten, but it certainly broke into like the podcast top ten, as as Ben said. Uh, I had this as number eight, but yeah, this this album's so good. I, I get a lot of uh, UAD vibes from them actually. Yeah, uh, especially like, the first the first three songs particularly, and then I love that halfway through the album, Kate. We're listening to yes. Algalock now, boys. Like, yeah, right?
0: Oh, Pure American awesome. black metal right there.
2: Oh, it's fantastic. And it's such a mood shift, too, from the rest of the album. Because, like, the first three songs are, like... I mean, all things considered, they're not that heavy. But they're, they're, they're kind of pummeling, right? It's, it's black metal.
0: Yeah, they're and raw then, and punky, like yeah. early black metal, yeah.
2: And then just on a dime you switch to this super moody melancholy full of just sorrow yes. and it's so soft and gentle and then bam right back into the black metal and I'm here for it it's so good like i said i wish i knew about this album earlier it definitely would have made my top 10 it's it's got these second wave vibes to it a little bit too and like the distortion uh-huh. and some of the uh guitar instrumentation especially earlier in the album but yeah, this is an incredible black metal album. Can't yeah, I enough. I, 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 wanna...
1: I think it's really the vocals that really stand out. Yeah, splatter, splatter 100%. Punk. So
0: splatter Punk, the lead, the lead vocalist and guitar player of this band, I genuinely think is a unique musical talent. Um, the I I talked about this in the moment right after the show. I take live, and you guys can attest, I take the live performance a band puts on very fucking seriously. It Like, if you're interesting on stage, it can make or break a show for me in, like, a very, very intense way. Like, I've gone from liking bands to hating them because of how shit their live shows were. And vice versa. I, I fell in love with death metal because I went to a death metal festival, and it, like, clicked everything in place for me. Splatterpunk managed to play, I think, in three different sets at this festival. Um, take playing guitar for two other other projects that they're not part of. And then headline the event and give, I think, one of the most captivating uh, performances. I got to see, uh, with Nick, you were there for this. We got to see Wolf King, um, uh, the new lead singer of Skeleton, which is uh, mm-hmm. a black, mm-hmm. black and roll band. And they performed at this exact same venue. Now, at the time, he was the one who, who owned the stage at uh, Cobra Lounge better than anybody. He had an energy that he brought to his small room. I felt very genuine and very intense, until I saw Satan play. The amount of energy the front person brings to this performance, the bounciness, the movement, the makeup, the guitar playing, and the rest of the band members were also having such a great fucking time. The 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 thumbnail for this for my uh, the video I took of this. Is the bait is the bass player holding his guitar 90 degrees straight up and down and drifting like a motherfucker, (laughs) which captures such a fucking vibe. I cannot attest for it again. I saw a lot of shows in in this year and I've seen hundreds and hundreds of shows in my life. This was by far the best performance I saw out of any black metal artist this year, almost out of any other artist this year. Um, and that also paired with how fucking good the music is. These like they, if you go to the Dr. Growers wizard archives, um, one of the videos I got is, um, is the video where, where uh, Satan plays Kate into one of their earlier tracks, which is she's buried under the cherry blossoms, which captures that kind of bouncy, riffy, intense punk vibe of Satan in general. So if you want a dose of what it really feels like to listen to this album and see, that performance actually fully realized the atmosphere and the vibe the album is providing, go watch that video. It does not do the joy and justice of the show. Well, but I stopped keeping my focus of the camera on the band because I'm having too much fun. And the only reason it's even intelligible is because the video was stabilized, like genuinely one of the best performances of the year, the best black metal album of 2022, in my opinion, uh, Just such a good fucking time. Go listen to Satan. And if they release anything next year, straight to the fucking moon.
1: Well, can't get much more glowing than that. Except for our next two albums. Ooh. Who is going to be number two and who is going to be the album of the year? One is an album that was both in Nick and Matt's top five. The other one was in my top five. The number two album of the year is neither of them because they tied. Oh.
2: Oh, well, that's
1: some shit. Uh, well, Not, hold on. <laughs> uh so when I was scoring these albums. My first check was to see if they were on is if the tide albums were on the same person's list. This one obviously isn't. My next check was to see who voted like if if three people preferred one than the other, that would make it easy. No. Okay. Of these albums, Matt and Nick preferred one album. Kyle and I preferred the other album, okay. their average scores are the same. One had a higher second highest score rating. The other, but it also had the lowest rating. Oh, um, oh, so, so it balances out. So it's a dead heat. It is a dead dead heat. And considering last year, our album of the year was the album that no one but me listened to
0: that was you forced that in there yeah (laughs) we had an actual number one album of the year that we had all had collectively listened to and then you picked an album that none of us had heard before i thought it was a fun twist and (laughs) this year's fun
1: twist (laughs) is that we have two albums of the year so we will discuss them in alphabetical order, I guess. So Wait, what? Our, so our first of two albums of the year. No, I we no. We have to definitively
0: pick one of these. Matt, as a podcast. I messaged
1: you about this. Wait, and did, you okay, and you Was, agreed. Well, <laughs> you my, agreed well because I because you misled this. me. Um, I did not mislead you. You, Do you want me. me to
0: read through the comments? No, you you said it's very you, the the problem is that you said the albums were very similar, which made me think. Number no, one. no, I
1: specifically said they were very different, which is I why it was nice. Um, I <laughs> you cannot dyslexia your way out of this, Matt. <laughs> I have you no know writing, you
0: know, I think the alphabet works out, so what's number two for going in alphabetical order?
2: I, I think I'm with you, Matt.
0: <laughs> yeah because because was was this your number one album of the year this Ben one is my album of the
1: year okay okay the so one other is my album of, of the year and
0: the other one is Nick's number two album of the year right and, but and Kyle Kyle didn't have either of these albums in his top five.
3: Nope. They're my top 10, but not Did top 10. Did you have both 10. of them in
0: your top 10? Are yes. Both of them in your personal top 10, not in your normal top 10. Yeah, my personal Which top 10. Which one was higher in your normal personal oh, wait, top 10? Oh, wait. Here, I'll I'll check. Okay. I have it open. Oh, yeah, I have yeah, it yeah. Open. No Which spoilers, one was but... higher? Um,
3: the, the one that's in alphabetical order.
0: Yeah. I knew it. Yes. So that's our, okay. So Ben, st- 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 go in alphabetical order because it's correct.
1: No, that, no, he's saying the other way around. He's saying he has your album ranked lower.
0: Really, Kyle? Fuck you, buddy.
1: Yeah.
3: No, like if we're going alphabetical order, then number two is that what's coming next.
0: Well, we Kyle, would you're f- adding numbers
1: yeah. here. It's not helping. Do the
0: K-B-C-T-E-F-G-H-I-J-K. I'm just going to post chat because I know exactly you know what it is. Go over the K-1. You, you, you know what?
1: Here's what we're going to do. Go with the K-1. <laughs> the person... <laughs> who wins the King of Kings average ranking will be able to determine which of these two albums. There's going to be some utter fuck shit with that score. Oh, right well, now, then I it's
0: feel. a lock. Then
2: if it's the tastemaker, then it's a lock.
1: And because of that, I will go through those average scores now. The person in let's say second place. The the person in last place.
0: Yeah. And and I like to
1: say, I like to say last place in a joking manner. Because if it was basketball, their average (laughs) score of 13.65 would be pretty respectable. Unweighted, the average score is a 17 out of 25. (laughs) Yikes! With a range of 23 wow. we're
0: getting the full statistical analysis here boys uh
1: in the average score within our top 25 is a 14.2 um that would be me <laughs> yay yeah it's a shock i know so i so for i for the next thanks kyle one year you're welcome i am a piece of shit
0: yep you have no musical opinion now
1: um, but before that takes effect, let's talk about what's probably going to be the number two album of the year. I I liken it as a 1A, uh, and that no, is it's, Kvane, it's a... The Great Below, Swedish black metal, uh, and an excellent album. This was my favorite album of the mid-year and, uh, I've listened to this more than anything else. And I I can't stop listening to it. I can't find a, a, a song I like less than others in it. Um, it is not a particularly uh, avant-garde album. Oh, it doesn't shit. do anything different. Uh, but I would say song for song, it's probably my favorite single album I've listened to. Um, You're welcome. I, and I... And I just I cannot stop listening to it I like I cannot find fault with it uh everything's each song is varied it's its own individual thing it, it's just I, I I really feel like it's a perfect album uh i I love uh artists that try to do different things but when you have something like Cavane's great Below I don't really like I don't know I, I think it sort of transcends doing something different if you just do it perfectly um, and I have I have absolutely no qualms whatsoever with this album genuine 5 out of 5 um, yeah. it's fucking awesome as fuck uh,
3: Kyle talk to me so yeah this was my number one in the Mirror roundup it kind of fell off I felt like there was uh black metal albums i posted in my top five just kind of edged it out a little bit um i think st- it's still a great album i just haven't i've but after the mid-year roundup i only gotten back to it just a handful of times comparatively to the other albums i've uh picked um it's it's a great album it kind of traverses through the history of black yes. metal in my yeah, opinion really where does. it kind of st- yeah, where it starts with like that black and thrash first wave, then kind of devolves into second wave. Then you got some symphonic black metal, some more melodic black metal. It, it, it encompasses almost the whole genre within 39 minutes. And it's just a fun time. It's one dude two, which makes it even more impressive. And it's, it's just exciting. Um, I just wish I kept tabs with it a little bit more, to be quite honest.
0: See, for, right. for, for for me what makes Cavane very interesting is that I, I think they're great. I mean, this would have this is in my top twenty, top fifteen of the year personally. It rated number eleven on this list. I think the thing that holds back this album from being higher for me is how good their twenty twenty release, Funeral Pyre, was. Um and I, I think the difference here is that I think Kyle put it perfectly. This album kind of travels through black metal at at a whole it starts off with this like melodic almost death metal leaning like early second wave black metal sound and then it transitions into this like black and thrash black and roll sound with the great below and then in silence it goes into the kind of melodic epic pagany black metal um before continuing to evolve and i think what it does is it has moments on the album that are as good if not better than moonlight sorcery. It has moments on the album that are as good if not potentially maybe a little bit better than Vehemence. but it doesn't com- present to me a full message. Kind of like how it, with with eradication of the unworthy invents, they take all of the best parts of all the different subgenres and aesthetics of black metal and then play all of them. But here it it didn't it, he did it. he almost did it too well that it made me not as excited to go back and listen to it. Because anytime I'd encounter a song from the album, it would be a different style of black metal. And I wouldn't be 100% sure I was listening to Kvane. Um, And Funeral Pyre, the 2020 release, was just that bit more focused. I don't think... I think the album is amazing. But I don't think it ever reached a height higher than Revenge by Fire on the first album did. Now... The funeral probably was a five out of five album. This is like a 4.9999 out of five. Um, and it's just barely outside of being something truly great in my heart. Um, but when it comes to playing this style and, and fashion of black metal, oh, does it do it well? But it's just kind of doing a little, I don't know, too much? I don't, it's hard to say that. But See, it's-
1: I would agree with you if if it's stumbled anywhere and I don't think it does. Like I, I get what you're saying in that it, there isn't like a, a sort of central, um, uh, any, any sort of like central thing, holding everything together. But in a way I, I enjoy that in that. Yeah. I, I think it takes extra talent to be able, and I haven't heard their 2020 release. Right. Um, but, I, I think there's something to be said for being able to completely chameleon yourself into so many different variations of a genre. Like I, I think that being able, it, it almost makes it like a, like a technical masterclass, you know? And it's, I, I don't mind. I think, it I think it's a
0: technical masterclass, but it doesn't have the orchestration to carry it to that lofty true heaven.
1: Hmm. Interesting. I, I can,
0: I think I can understand that. I mean, this is like to nitpick here. This is an incredible fucking album. Like it's very good, but it just doesn't, it doesn't have that nugget that carries me over the edge. I, I
1: don't disagree with you. I just think that each of the individual songs on their own are, yeah. are incredible enough to just overcome that. Uh, Nick, what do you think?
2: So this album was also on my mid-year roundup. If I remember correctly, I had it as number four. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It ended up dropping down on my personal list all the way to number eight. Um, and that's honestly because, like, the more I listen to the album, and again, like, it's just a fantastic album. Like, you guys have basically said every positive thing there was to say about the albums. So in my opinion the reason it fell down for me is that i found myself wanting to listen to the exemplar of whatever subgenre they were playing mm. yeah so for example the the most obvious example to me is sulfur fire when i yep. listen to sulfur mm. fire i just want to listen to zarbomb by necrophobic
0: yeah and he's on he he plays jacob jacob has a lot of connections in the black metal scene and um necrophobic's drummer actually does a solo performance on this album
2: I didn't know that. That's actually really cool. Yep. Um, With that being said, pretty much every song on here, I feel that way. And again, none of it is bad. This is a really good album. It's on my top 10 for a reason, but it fell down because I felt like when they were playing each individual type of black metal, there was another band I was thinking of the whole time.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Um, That's fair. Well, very cool. Um, I, I think, do we get everyone there?
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. Now we're on cool. to
1: the greatest. Well, well, that, well that is Kavane, Uh And Who's our now official that it's time maker? to go to Cavane, I must finish our our averages. So uh, I am a piece of shit for the next year. True. Uh, Kyle came in third, uh, yep. he, he had a range of 11. Uh, in second place, first place, um, it's. It's interesting because the scores are pretty similar so long as you take out Zovi and then she saw everything. Uh, But when you include it, (laughs) it is close, but no cigar for Matt. Uh, He has an average score of 10.2 unweighted with his rankings taken out. That's a 12.6. A range of seventeen, Could have taken and an out and average, and lock this in, and an average <laughs> ranking within the top twenty-five of a seven point eight.
0: I respect that. A I st- I stand, I stand by my progressiveness. Who is the king of kings? I stand by KFCMC. God no, nope.
1: the king of kings
0: nope.
1: for the next year had an average score of 9.45 weighted
0: sexy
1: unweighted is an 11.6 a range of just 11 and his average rank of his 5 albums within this top 25 is a 6.8 uh with I, I got taste four what can I say of his 5 mm. albums barely Being within the top ten. So I would like to say congratulations to our King of Kings for the next year, Nick. And Nick, how would you like to tell us about Power Paladin with the magic of Windfire Steel? And Matt, you are going to close us out, so we'll save you for the end. Nick, tell us about it
2: well this was my number one pick on the mid-year roundup uh power paladin is w- an icelandic power metal band uh the iceland does not really have a power metal scene so this makes these guys exceptionally unique uh, but aside from that they more or less play rhapsody worship and <laughs> damn it's right freaking awesome like i I gushed probably for, what, 20 minutes and then maybe a roundup about this album. I'll spare you guys. But the, this album is made for power metal fans by power metal fans. Yeah. They know exactly what they're doing in every song. There are just straight up lips that I lovingly refer to as direct tributes.
0: Yes, direct, and- direct tributes.
2: <laughs> And it's so much fun, man. This is what power metal is about. This is what power metal is for. It's silly. It's bombastic. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Shit, in the middle of the second song, it's literally the Hyrule theme. Like, they know what this album is, and they run with it, and they do it so good. Ugh, I love this album so much. I'm so happy that this wound up being number one. Because I had a whole apology prepared for them about my <laughs> fellowship taking over. But I'm glad no. this wound up being number one. They definitely deserve it. I adore this album. Go listen to it. Uh, let's throw it
3: to Kyle. I would first like to apologize to the people of Power Paladin. Um, I didn't. That comment of Direct Rips. Um, does not reflect to on the album. They are direct tributes. Just direct um, please drop tributes, your merch Kyle. link. Yep. Please drop the uh, your merch link to uh, Fourth Times a of Charm official. Yeah. Um, I will gladly buy your merch. Um, <laughs> please. I, I want to buy These your are merch.
0: reparations, Kyle.
3: <laughs> yeah, th- these are reparations. I want to buy your merch. I want patches. I want shirts. I want. I please. want a fucking power your paladin
0: back patch. Oh, that'd be awesome, dude. Power paladin. <laughs> Make it happen. So
3: please. Please, I want to buy your merch. All right. Anyways, no, this album fucks. <laughs> um, it, like you guys said, it is Rhapsody tribute. It is fantastic through and through. It's engaging. It's fun. A little campy, but in the good way. Great solos. Great drumming. Great bass work. Not much I can say. Fine vocals. It's just great. Ben, I had it at
1: fifteen. Um, I don't like power Ugh. metal. <laughs> um, Boo! Yeah, this is why I you're don't... the piece of shit of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I. I don't. This seemed like a great year for power metal. Um. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. We had but... two good albums. What a year for power metal. <laughs> it's two I more guess than like I was
0: expecting.
1: Blind Guardian um, counts, kinda. Like, I. Uh. It's you know, a good, a good rhapsody album. So mm-hmm. I saw that you guys all ranked Power Paddle, Paladin pretty high, and so I listened to it like two or three more times. And instead of me liking it more, it was like really starting to grade on me. Um, I I don't like shit like the Legend of Zelda tribute like themes and shit. I I don't. It's just it's just not what I enjoy from this stuff. Uh, so. I will instead pass the baton over to Matt to, to keep us feeling fresh. You know, I, I rank this uh, nine spots below KFC Murder Chicks, uh, and I stand by that. Uh, but how about, how about after this excellent top 25 albums, I'll run through them one more time. But before that, Matt, how about... You talk to us about your number one album of the year.
0: Yeah. So okay. So everyone who (laughs) listens to this podcast and Nick and Kyle, (laughs) Elmo, Nick, Nick, Kyle, you guys just lay back for the next twenty minutes. (laughs) Me having a power metal album was my number one album of the year. Is not normal. Dude, it makes um, me so happy. Yeah, I I love power metal. Power metal was one of the ways I transitioned out of listening to Slipknot and listening to like the rest of metal. Um, and it was through bands like Nightwish, like Camelot and primarily bands like Rhapsody, uh, Rhapsody of fire. Uh, I went back and listened to their entire distography this year because of this band power paladin. Um, I, I love the idea of a paladin. A paladin is a knight or soldier, who embodies the imagery and the message of, like, a god or deity. Um, And these guys are legitimately power paladins because their god is power metal, and they worship and sing it across the land. They are magical bards singing great fucking tunes and showing great reverence and love for the history and totality of power metal, especially the Rhapsody, Symphonic, epic European sound that truly captures kind of what I talked about, the vehemence, uh, this grand landscape of music and of magic and power and storytelling. Now, when I first listened to this album, I, I Nick, you can, if you remember I think I put this at like three yeah, or four like middle of the pack. And it, and it was because at the time it was just really, really, really good. Like Rhapsody and other power metal bands. I like, uh, kind of personified in the music. But as the year went on, I was thinking about this episode and what we were going to do, and there was one album that no matter what day of the week it was, no matter what time of day it was, no matter what mood I was in, I wanted to listen to Power Paladin. It just kept coming up. I'm pretty sure Craven the Hunter is my most listened to song on Spotify this year. I don't think there's any other album that could, captured my attention so much they i the amount of times i listen to holy thunder force and ride the distant storm back to back and two or three times at the exact same time playing in sync it makes my body ache with joy but that's the surface this is an album that that for me really truly benefited from those repeat listens and i bet and i think nick you can attest to this what makes power paladin amazing isn't their ability to directly reference and have direct tributes to these grand artists of yore in this genre but it's the moments when they're just power paladin when when power paladin is just being power paladin like on creatures of the night or on or on tracks like evermore or on tracks like there can only be one there's references and aesthetics that that fit in with other genres of power metal but it's just them and those are the songs that like truly sit in my heart as the things that make this an album of the year, make this a perfect album. There is never a second on this album where I'm like, okay, well, well, I'll listen to the next song. Cause I know the song it's 51 minutes and 25 seconds of just the greatest time. And not on top of all of that, the, the gentlemen behind this band are wonderfully kind great to talk to they're really nice uh and they appreciate people appreciating their music and that's really fucking cool um this is a debut album and it's fucking outstanding i don't know where power power paladin can go from here but the only other power metal band that's ever hit it this hard out of the gate is a rhapsody halloween and twilight force no other bands have hit with a debut that is legitimately a perfect album. And I can see, I can understand Nick placing Fellowship above this because of the vibes. But I don't think there's any denying that there's not a single moment on this album that is dull. There's not a single moment on this album where the talent and the quality of musicianship isn't executed. And these are my favorite power metal vocal aesthetic they're soaring. He feels like he's holding onto your shoulder and guiding you through a magical land. They teleport into arcade machines and their, and their music videos. Like who the fuck doesn't love this? I, I know Ben cause he has terrible taste. Um, but for those of us who have the, ma- have the magic of wind fire steel within us, we, we, we carry the paladin shield and, Paladins get a lot of blessings and awesome skills in Dungeons and Dragons and these guys have fucking all of them. Power Paladins, perfect. Well, thank
1: you for sharing, Matt. Thank you everyone for your lists, especially our biggest fan, Brennan. Uh, I know your albums did not rank super high, but we appreciate having your participation and we appreciate having you as a fan. Uh, And so I will sign us out with... The top 25 albums of 2022. 25. Brockhampton's TM. 24. KFC Murder Chicks, KFCMC. 23. Ghost, Impura. 22. Hath, All That Was Promised. 21. The Wonder Years, The Hum Goes On. 20. Natalia Laforcade, De Todas Las Flores. Nineteen Dark Throne Astral Fortress, eighteen Zovi, and then she saw everything. Seventeen Dead Body The Requiem, sixteen Exocrine, The Hybrid Sons, Woo. fifteen Vermilia Ruska, Woo. fourteen Horn Versit, yeah. thirteen Backwash His happiness oh, shall yeah. come first, twelve Zeal and Ardor, self-titled yeah. album. 11, Lorna Shore Pain Remains. 10, mm. Gold, This Shame yeah. Should Not Be Mine. 9, Eradication of the Unworthy Infants Changes Good. But, yeah. 8, Gone Mage, Handheld Demise. <laughs> 7, <laughs> Black Braid, Black Braid Ooh. 1. 6, Moonlight Sorcery, Piercing Mastery. Through the Frozen Eternity. 5, Fellowship, The saberlight Chronicles. Joy. 4, Vehemence Ordalise. Epic. 3, Satan, Enrio 2, Her Fun. Spirit Eternal. 1A, Cavane The Great <laughs> two, Below. Two And 1, Power no- Paladin with the magic of Wind, Fire, Steel. We yes. will see you next week for a new episode and next year for a new album of the year as well as our mid-year roundup in June, July-ish. Until then, good night and good morning because you might not be the best taste in music (laughs) the first time you try. Nope. Nope. Good chance you're not going to get it the second time either.
0: No, I didn't do it this year.
1: Third time around, it still might not happen. But if you try really hard, really hard, and you're me, it still <laughs> probably won't work out. When the fourth time's <laughs> the charm. Good night and good morning.
0: Good morning Please drop your
2: emotions in the DMs. We
1: want the episode
0: with the last line from from the last Power Paladin song. Far across the sea, at the edge of what we have chosen to behold, reach out and trust in the strength that lies within our deepest dreams. If we choose to stay and to fade away, we may never return. Fucking 2022 was a great year of music.